The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. Good day and welcome to the latest episode in the Print Files series, Smarter Business from Print21, the people who know print. As all print businesses compete in ever-tightening markets, winning customers is a major effort, but keeping them also requires real focus. We all know losing a customer is one of the more painful aspects of business life. Today, we're going to be looking at developing customer culture, which is absolutely key in keeping and growing your customers. I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Crichton-Brown, Head of Global Partnerships and Customer Engagement at Market Culture, one of the world's leading customer culture companies. Market Culture works with some of the biggest companies in the country, Toyota, Telstra, PwC, but also small and medium-sized businesses. And in fact, I'm very happy to say that Sean is no stranger to the local printing industry, having spent the best part of two decades here with Connor Minolta prior to joining Market Culture. Sean, welcome to The Print Files. Yeah, thanks, Wayne. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Um, perhaps, Sean, we can start by considering what customer culture actually is. What does it mean? Yeah, great, Wayne. I worked for Konica Minolta in the production print division for many years. And throughout that time, I watched a lot of change. We went from analog machines to digital machines, machines that weren't made for printers, all the way through to colour and high volume, doing many different things. And we're in a world where there were unique features. There were unique things that printers could sell throughout that time. Today, we're in a world of commoditization, And this commoditization really leads for organizations having to deliver better customer experiences. Why? Because the product that we have may be very similar to every other printer. So there may be no different to what we're producing within our organization today. So commoditization has led us down the track that if we don't deliver on our promise in the organization, then our customers will leave. And so you ask the question, what, what is a great customer experience. How do we know if we're delivering on it? It's when our customers get the promise that we have within the organization, that we promise something and we deliver on it. And it's it transcends across our whole company. So when we look at an organization and we say, where does customer experience or where does a great customer experience belong? It belongs with every single person in the business, not just only on the front line, where most people position it, so those are on the call centre or those in sales, but transcends across a business to warehouse, transcends into accounting, transcends into finishing and delivery services that we give the customer on the promise of the organisation. Commoditization has led us to an area where we must retain our current customers to drive future business performance. But it's not the only area that makes it critical right now. There's customer expectations. They're educated. They know what's going on. They know what's happening in the marketplace. And when they ring you, they're already educated. So we must be aware of that. There's a big fear of social media out there, that we can deliver a poor customer experience to a customer and they can voice that across social media so simply and easily that they can destroy businesses. A bad review can kill you. Absolutely. It, it certainly can. I think the biggest thing, that's come out of the last 10 years is disruption as well, Wayne. It's really the disruption in businesses today, and we're seeing it right now with COVID and the amount of disruption that's taken place. There's some positive that there's had to be a lot of material printed and manufactured to protect people in COVID, QR codes, log going into premises, 
you know, special signs that are going up into businesses. And it's the ability for the printer to adapt to this disruption to capture that marketplace. And it's truly understanding what the customer's needs are in order to make that happen. So it's critical right now, more than ever before, to truly understand the customer and deliver superior customer experiences. And the name of your business, Market Culture, people think that culture, so you're talking about the culture of the print business needs to change to meet and optimize at every point to meet the customer's requirements or demands or expectations. Changing a uh, focusing on an internal culture, people say changing a culture. It's not an easy thing to change to move. I mean, how do you? Uh, how if I was a print business owner, how would I be thinking of approaching that? What what kind of benchmarks would I need to be looking at, and how do I get there? Well, it's a great question because people think culture is a very difficult thing to change. If we look at country cultures, the difference between the Indians, the Australians, the Americans, the Canadians and the Russians, we all have a very different culture. And to change that culture of that country would be hard. But to change a customer culture within a business is not that difficult. A culture in a business is really about the way that we behave. It's a behavioural pattern that's inside the business. It's the way that we act towards the customer and the way that we really empower our employees within the business to make decisions that are right for customers. I want to take you back a little bit and, and how we came to this point and, and how market culture really came about was a little over 15 years ago, Dr. Lyndon Brown was a professor in marketing and a lot of the work he did in marketing didn't pull off. It didn't, didn't, have, it didn't work. It didn't have the traction that it really needed. And he observed many companies where it did have more traction and where it didn't, and he found it was very internal, the reasons why it wasn't happening. And it was very cultural within the business, that the business wasn't on board to deliver on the promise of marketing. And he went about through his studies, and he studied many organizations throughout the world over a three-year period, including Google, Amazon, Virgin, and then a lot of other companies that really are very different to those companies that deliver great customer experiences. So studying those that have a strong customer culture or have a high business return from retaining customers, and studying those that were obviously shrinking or diminishing from not delivering great customer experiences. And he wanted to know what really differentiated those two organizations. And he found it was the behaviors of the employees. The companies that truly delivered high customer-centric cultures and delivered great customer experience had high levels of behaviours around delivering great experiences to customers through empowerment, collaboration, understanding customers, the strategy of the organisation was aligned around that. And then that ability to be able to make that culture tangible, then he took it and said, well, how can we drive behaviours in the business? around this culture? How can we get people to act in a way that's more customer-centric? So we developed a model, and the model basically has eight disciplines in it. And when developing this model, we had to ask our question around the business was, does it really matter? That building this model, building a customer-centric culture, does it matter? And we're able to validate that if we drive these behaviours, we're able to drive better customer experiences, we're able to drive better innovation. We're able to drive new product success within the business. We're able to drive profit growth, profitability, and sales revenue growth. So these eight disciplines were the, became the heart of what market culture was able to build. And the disciplines, there were eight of them. And I'm just going to quickly go through those disciplines with you because most of you will think 
that those disciplines are actually pretty straightforward. The question I ask you when I go through them is, do you act on these disciplines day in and day out? Because I can tell you now, highly customer-centric companies act on these disciplines. So the number one discipline is customer insight. Do we truly understand the needs of our customers today? Customer foresight. Do we understand our future customers in the business? Who are they? Where are they coming from? What products and services do we need in our business to greet those customers? Competitor insight. Do we understand what our current competitors are doing? And I'm going to give you a really good example here around competitor uh, competitor insight that I was challenged by an accounts lady who said to me one day, I don't need to understand competitors. I'm not in sales. I don't need to know what they do. And I asked her, do you know how they're delivering invoices? Do you know how they're communicating to their customers? And that that could be something that your customers actually want. So there's a purpose around even accounts people understanding our competitors today. Future competitors. If we go back some nearly 30 years ago when digital came about, did the offset print industry actually understand these future competitors in the digital market? Did they, did they actually stand up and say, we're going to really, really have to watch this market? Or did they actually say, they're not going to affect us? And I think it was the second for a long period of time. There's, an ex- there's a, a discipline that's really important today called peripheral vision. Are we looking outside our organisation and seeing what external factors could affect it? Legal, economical, social, technological. Um, COVID is a big factor that's affecting a lot of businesses today. And I think we need to safeguard our organisations against that. And there's going to be more that are coming down the track. There are three internal disciplines that highly customer-centric companies exhibit, and the first one's empowerment. Are our employees empowered to make decisions that are right for customers, or do they need to get explicit approval? And we know the delays in approval processes that can delay the response to customers and create dissatisfaction. Cross-functional collaboration. Do individual departments talk to each other? And we know businesses are siloed, but that doesn't mean they don't talk and share information about customers. I remember when I was back at Conic and Minolta, one of the things I spent a lot of time doing was going up to the accounts department and actually speaking with them about customers. And I actually took the accounts department out to meet customers. And this was kind of a first back in those days. The connection that was made between accounts and the customer was phenomenal. That Then they understood each other and they had this level playing field that they could work with. The last one, and this is a big question to everyone in the print industry, Does your strategy actually include the customer or is it about yourselves? Strategy in the organisation has to include the customer where we're going. And that strategy needs to be built right across the business that everyone understands. So they're the eight disciplines that we have within our organisation at Market Culture that help companies really create a focus around the customer. So you could expand a little on that last one, Sean, uh, the strategic alignment with the customers. What, what do you mean specifically there? So in, in our strategy, we, we can say things like, we, we have the best print. We, we have the best equipment. We display our equipment. We display our print. But do we talk to people within the business strategy of how we're going to build our business and maintain our business around the customer? So what are we doing internally? Some of the best examples I've seen across the world I'll give you an example of YouTube. I was talking to um, the head of, of um, Google in Singapore, and he said to me, one of the best things that came into our business was YouTube. We acquired YouTube, but it started failing in Asia. 
And I, we turned to, to our employees and said, why is it not working? And one of our employees that had only been with us for a while said, we're not thinking about the customer internally enough. We're not looking at the customer internally. We don't have a strategy because in Asia, bandwidth on mobile phones is very expensive. And what's happening with YouTube is you're downloading constantly and you're chewing up your data. So the strategy in the business really started to focus now around how they can give better services to the customer and build those services. So I, this came out, they ended up allowing you to download a YouTube program to your phone and now you weren't chewing up bandwidth. And that came out of sitting down with people in the business, talking about the strategy of the business and understanding purely how that strategy could lead you to a better customer experience. And so with your eight disciplines, do you say to owners and managers of print businesses, you should be sitting down with your staff regularly and going through these eight disciplines and kind of with working through staff members, how they're feeling about each of those, how, how they can be encouraged to develop in each of those? Trying to create behaviours inside the organisation to change takes time. And you're right. These are things that should be on the tip of our tongue and we should be talking about them. Throughout our studies, we studied organisations that were very customer-centric, that had high business returns and were growing. And we wanted to know really what were they doing and what were the best practices of those companies. And the things they were doing weren't difficult. I'll give you an example. is customer insight. Do we actually speak about customers at every meeting we have within the organisation or are they just part of what we do? Do we actually get into a meeting and say, talk to us about customers? What are they doing today? Where are we going? So they become habits, and once they become habits, they become embedded. So in order to, to get the ball rolling and get the ball started, we went further. We took these eight disciplines, and we were challenged. We were challenged whether or not we could measure them. Could we measure an organisation, a printing company, against highly customer-centric organisations and show them where their strengths and weaknesses were across these eight disciplines? So what we do is we deploy an assessment or a survey to the staff in the business, and we ask them an amount of questions. Around those eight disciplines, there's five questions per discipline, and those questions are the best practices of customer-centric companies. And it's whether or not we, we do it or we don't do it. So on a seven-point scale, we, we either strongly agree with the question or we strongly disagree with it. And once we've got a measurement, we can act on the outcome of that measurement between those strengths and weaknesses to work on the eight disciplines in an organisation straight away is very difficult. It's a lot to do. So we typically pick one or two to create a focus. And what we're trying to do is create a mindset in the business that the customer is vital to the success of the organisation. And so we start working on these things. We start implementing best practices within the company. One of the things we also get is we get open-ended comments come back. So when we ask the staff about customer insight and the questions, we also ask them, what would you do to improve this? What would you recommend to senior leaders to improve customer insight? So we gain a whole lot of verbatim comments that come back to us. And with those verbatim comments, we can see common themes that arise. And one of, one of them that we often get back in customer insight is, Senior leaders need to understand more about customers so they can understand how they can help us really implement what we need to do with customers. And what this creates is engagement with employees. Employees are the vital ones in your business that would drive superior customer experiences. What our assessment does is it measures whether or not they've got the ability 
and the know-how to be able to do that. And so that's called the Market Responsiveness Index. And we deployed that assessment with hundreds of organizations throughout the world and helped them really build a stronger customer culture by changing the behaviors of employees. So that discovery step through the survey, that's the kind of first step on your roadmap for future success as you kind of lay out, isn't it? Um, and then, then there's several other steps which take place, engage, ignite, stick, fortify. Uh, perhaps, Sean, you could just talk to us, talk to us through each one of those, engage, ignite, stick, and fortify. What do you mean by those? A lot of people that we speak to, especially senior leaders, they don't know where to start. So we, when, they, when they look at building superior customer experiences, they look at digitization, or they look at journey mapping and look at touch points of customers in their business, and they end up spending a lot of time and a lot of money on building new websites or platforms or apps or whatever it may be to try and deliver better experiences to customers. And a lot of it fails. It fails because internally inside the organization, they're not building those products for customers, but they're building those products for themselves. So they become very internally centric. So one of the areas to start, and, and you were right in what you said, was the discover stage. Where are we now? Where are our employees? How can we engage them along this journey? And the discover stage is to analyze them. There are many ways of doing that. One is using our assessment, but other ways of sitting down and actually talking to employees and asking them what do they think is critical in delivering better customer experiences in the future. Once we've, engaged, once we've discovered what we need to do, we need to engage them. Employees will drive this customer experience. But, but when we talk about engaging, this needs to come from senior leadership. Senior leadership can't just put this into a department or a division within the business. What they need to do is senior leadership need to walk the talk. They need to lead this process. They don't need to be the person that implements all the changes, builds the websites, builds digitization, or creates a change, but they need to really endorse this change. And once they've engaged the employees and they put a plan together, and it needs a plan that's foolproof and that we don't waver from. So many times other things come into the business and we need a new piece of equipment, we need something different to, to deliver to customers, that these plans get pushed aside. They can't. Then they go to Ignite. Once they've planned it, they ignite. And that means getting every single employee in the business on board, understanding the needs, understanding what they can do to contribute and to listen to them and to act on what's important to them. Once we've ignited the employees and we're all heading on that same journey, we've got to constantly keep reiterating in the business to make it stick. The minute we start again going off the pathway, it will start to fade. But would we have moved the lever towards the north? Would we have created better customer experience along this journey? The answer is yes, but we need to continue it, and that's through fortifying it. And how do we fortify it is to come back and remeasure, start at the beginning again and remeasure the organisation and see where it's improved and prove to the staff the effort that they've used and they've, they've made and put into the business has re been rewarded within the business moving forward. So there is an ability to build a roadmap for success and they're the things that we help organisations with after they've measured their organisation that they can build this to improve business performance. And that measurement that you use, is that just purely on profit increase or do you use other other kind of measurement factors that you use there to, to judge the success or otherwise of the plan? I can ask a simple question here to everyone. Do you believe if you drive a better customer experience, your business will be more profitable? I think it's an easy answer. 
right? Because happier customers, happy customers <laughs> stay. I remember this. It was a great saying. I met a guy called Luke Jex, and we all probably know the, the company called Naked Wines. Um, they've built a very good business out of being a disruptor. And uh, they've got angel investors. And I was sitting with him one day in his office, and we were interviewing him because we believed him to be a very customer-centric leader. And he said to me this. He said, Sean, I'm a disruptor. No disruptor should get a foothold if customers are happy. So the trick is this. Love your customers. Deliver on your promise and they won't leave and your business will perform. I think that we really need to deliver superior customer experiences so we don't lose customers. The hardest thing is to gain a new customer. I remember when I was with Conic and Minolta, for many years, Xerox really had that market wound up in the mid-2000s, 2005 through to 2010. And I remember walking out of a customer and they're saying, Sean, we're with Xerox or we're with Heidelberg. No, we're not interested. And time went on, time went on. And, and as time went on, changes happened. And then, you know, they would turn around to me and say, you know, my sales rep hasn't come back for the last two years. I've not seen any management from that company. I'm going to give you a go. And all of a sudden, Conic and Minolta's business just grew out of delivering a really good customer experience. So customer satisfaction, customer experience will drive business performance. The other one that I think is really important is we all want to be innovative, right? In order to survive in the future, we've got to come up with new products and services to deliver to our future customers and our current customers. And if we don't truly understand them and we're not talking to them, then our innovation will fail. And we've seen this everywhere. You know, we launch a product or a service and it just dismally dies. And it dies because we didn't understand what they wanted in the first place. So I do believe that a superior customer experience has been proven by companies like Forrester and McKinsey, Bain, all the large consulting companies have proven that highly customer-centric companies outperform their counterparts. And I think that the printing industry, really, in order to keep people printing, to keep the volume of work going, they've got to deliver on these experiences to make it easy. And if they make it easy, customers will stay and they'll keep printing because they don't know any other alternative. They, they know this, this is the right thing to do. Yes, social media or media today is, you know, people going digitisation rather than printing has caused a big effect. We've seen the, the decline in newspapers and to going online. But printing will always, in my opinion, in our lifetimes exist if we understand truly what the customer wants. These steps, discover, engage, ignite, stick, fortify, you know you're from the, your experience in the printing industry, majority of printing companies are small operations, maximum 20 staff, typically one owner-operator, uh, might have a couple of senior managers there. Is this something that he, he or she in, in their daily working life They've obviously got to spend some time thinking about this, doing this. Is it, is it realistic to expect them or is it necessary? If they don't do this, they're going to fall away. Look, it's necessary that everyone in the business sings from the same hymn book. I think that's what's important. I think all the people in our business need to truly understand the vision and the purpose of the organisation. And if I was starting a, a business today, I would be totally focusing on the customer. Sure, I need products and I, I need things to print with, but I want to really understand what the customer wants. And I know the guy that runs the offset press or the guy who runs the guillotine, that customer walks into my warehouse and he says, hi, I'm looking here for Jim or I'm looking for Jeff. Who are you? Oh, I'm a customer. Oh, mate, you need to go around the other door. You're, you come through the wrong door. We need everybody in the business 
to understand that customer and how that customer is the lifeblood to our paycheck. And I think that every leader in every business, and I don't care what the size of the organisation is, they should create a focus around this. The methodology that we have, the discover, engage, ignite, stick and fortify, is stages that we go through in building that to give people in the company a direction. So I, I think that leaders are out there, if you want to continue to build your company, to maintain your customers and, and hold on to them, you've got to deliver on your promise and that's delivering a better customer experience today than you did yesterday. And then in terms of the plan, so you've done, you've been through your discovery, what are the key pillars that your plan should have to enhance your customer experience, to enhance your customer culture? The first part of the plan is really getting that feedback from the employees. Find out what they think that's important in, in, inside the business. Engage them on the journey. I think that's imperative. So the first part of my plan would be really to bring everyone in and, and talk to them and say, what, where do you see us in the, in the years coming? Where do you believe we should, what we should be doing and, and where we should be going and get their feedback? Because if you could find the gold in the business, it can help you be successful. And that goal can come from your employees. Those employees, when that customer does walk into the warehouse or he walks in and he goes up to the guillotine, and that conversation between the guillotina and the customer could be crucial to the future of that customer staying with the business. Why? Because they develop trust, the trust between the customer and the people within the business. The plan's got to start at a point where we get the employees together and we develop that plan. How we then move forward is dependent on what the company needs. And every company is at a different stage of, of their maturity around customer experience. Some of them have been driving this very hard for a long period of time. Some of them have not put any emphasis into it. So it's sitting down with each individual organization and say, where are you now and where do you want to be in the next three years? And where are we applying our resources? One of the big things that we see when we enter organizations is they have so much to do. There are so many plans on the table. There are so many things to do that don't even get finished or don't actually happen. One of the, one of the things in, in a business we should focus on is trying to reduce that down and not have so many things on top and committing to what is important within the business. And I think the most important thing is retention of customer. What are we going to do? What do we need to do in order to retain that customer? And what typically would be the main things that you do need to do to retain the customer? What should you absolutely be have as your key priorities in customer retention? I think out of all our disciplines, there are two key priorities. And the first one, it sounds crazy, is customer insight. It's truly understanding our current customer today. Sit down with your staff when they come in, get the feedback from them, sit down with customers, go out and speak with them. You know, If you haven't sat down with your customers in recent times and really discussed with them their needs, go and do it. And their needs isn't, hi, I've got a job, I need to do it. It's 100 copies of this or it's 100 prints of a, a deal flyer. That's not sitting there. It's sitting down with them and saying, what else can we do to support you? What else could we do to enhance your business? If we look at Amazon, I remember a comment that Jeff Bezos made many, many years ago. He said, if I've got a 1,000 customers and they buy one product off me, and next year they buy two products off me, I've doubled my business without any new customers. What a great philosophy. Are there services you could be potentially providing to your current customers that you're not providing to them today? And I guarantee with many of you, the answer is yes, because you're busy. and You're not taking the time to do it. The second one is really that we should be creating a focus is cross-functional collaboration. 
within the business, trying to get everyone in the business to work as a team, not to be individualized, but getting them to operate as a team. I often hear it when I walk into to companies, that's not my job. I'm too busy doing what I do. I can't help you. Knowing that all of those answers have an effect on the customer. So I think there's two disciplines within our roadmap that we should really start by focusing on, which is customer insight and collaboration. But then there may be businesses that should focus on others. Until we do the assessment, until we really understand what our needs are, it's hard to really answer that question. But there are two examples of what companies could do tomorrow that they're not doing today. Okay. Sean, you've got uh, you brought a lot of insights to us uh, this morning or today in our uh, in our podcast. Um, do you think there's any areas that we haven't covered right now uh, that we should talk about before we finish up? Look, I, I had a lot of experience with the printing industry for a very long time. And I've got to say, there are a lot of good people in that industry who work exceptionally hard. I really do. And I think it's tough when you're a 20-person business, you wear multiple hats. You've got a hat on at nighttime doing accounts and marketing, got a hat on during the day, trying to deal with customer problems and, and things that are coming in and, and customer orders. And then you're trying to run a, a print business at the same time and get deliveries done. I think they're all functions that have to happen within a business day in and day out. Um, I think a lot of printers are very hands-on. And I think that if I can help them in one way, it's looking into their business and empowering others in their organisation to really help them. And, and take some of the pressure off off those leaders in the business. Those that do are able to let their businesses grow by empowering others in the business to do their job. So there's another one of our, our core disciplines or core behaviours in the business. So I really, it's a tough, it's, it's a, been always a tough industry and, you know, it's it's and, and been a, a profitable and a fruitful industry, but this disruption that's coming about right now is causing a lot of problems. So really, get others in your organisation to truly help you be successful is probably one of my tips at the moment. Draw on the employees in the business who have got the knowledge, who understand. Find out what it is that they believe can be done in order to make the business perform better in the future. There's one other area that could benefit. We're currently doing a global study of customer culture through the eyes of leaders. And if there's any printer out there that would like to participate and get a result within three to eight leaders in their business around our eight disciplines, they can come to Market Culture or email myself, info at marketculture.com, and I could send them a link to be part of this study. And the one thing it will create for you is a conversation in your business around these eight disciplines. So there's a lot of benefits because you'll end up with your own result and you'll end up with a paper that's done across the entire world with 300 organisations to see where your strengths and your weaknesses are in comparison to them. So right now, it's free of charge. It's open. It only goes through to the end of the month. For any printer that wants to have a quick look at their own organisation, please contact me and I'm more than willing to help them out. That sounds terrific, Sean. So it's a survey that you're offering 300 companies, but print businesses can be part of that free of charge. They've just got to contact you at info at marketculture.com. Perfect. Absolutely. That's great, Wayne. Okay, terrific. Well, Sean, we'll say goodbye to you now. Thanks for coming on to the show. Thanks, Wayne. And of course, as Sean said, you can get in touch with him at uh, infomarketculture.com for further details. But for now, this is Wayne Robinson, editor of Print21, signing off, saying thanks so much for Sean Crichton-Brown of Market Culture for a real insight into how developing our own customer culture can enhance our business and ultimately our profitability. That's it. Goodbye for now from the Print Files podcast from print21.com.au. 
The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print 21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.